Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. The biggest news, Jalen Phillips, his season came to an end. He tore his Achilles. He had sacks in four straight games. He had three tackles for a loss in this game. He was absolutely on fire against the New York Jets, man. What a sad, sad, sad turn of events for such a fun player. He's been battling injuries a lot this season, and it really put a huge damper on what was an awesome weekend. Yeah, it, it was hard to, you know, root, uh, you know, feel that victory truly with, with that right. what happened there. I mean, you know, you said how he's been dealing with injuries this year. I mean, let's be honest, he's been dealing with it throughout his entire career. I mean, he medically uh, retired there at UCLA. So he's talked before about how he gets to dark places during these rehabs. I just hope he realizes that we all saw it, right? He was playing his best football. He looked like an absolute menace out there. His name's up there with the Bosa's, the Micah Parsons. We put him in the ring of honor a year ago. So we yeah. just sit here and our heart breaks for him, but we hope that um, his recovery is, um, you know, as good as we expected. I know you had that awesome quote from Bradley Chubb, but it sounds like um, everyone's going to go out there and rise their game up, you know, to to make up for losing such a warrior like uh, Jalen Phillips. But, I mean, I'm honest, that's probably my favorite player on this team. And if you look at the roster, I mean, what? There's Tua, there's Tyree Kill, there's, I mean, it used to be Teron Armstead, but there's a few other guys that you would lose and you could, you know, see this whole thing spiral out of control. Jalen Phillips' name's got to be right behind those guys. What did you think of how often they showed the injury? Because they did. I mean, they were able to grab it perfectly, the slow motion. You just see him plant his leg and it just snaps, and then you see it just kind of vibrate up and down his leg. They did it twice, and I was like, oh, that's what happens. And then they kept doing it. I'm like, okay, I, I, I got it. I don't need to see this anymore. It just kind of seemed like a lot at some point. Yeah, I think I walked away. I was depressed. I, I just kind of walked away for a little bit and missed that. But even just seeing it two or three times, I mean, dude, I didn't realize that's the way it works. And just to see it and just, oh, man, it, it was – you felt so bad for him. Because like you mentioned, man, he's playing some of his best football right now. He was playing out of his mind in this game alone. Him and Bradley Chubb were such a dynamic duo, and it was very, very frustrating. How did the Dolphins overcome this? How how are the Dolphins going to really solidify this defensive line, knowing that you are missing someone who is going to be a dominant run-stopping defensive end, a consistent threat to the quarterback? Is it as simple as, hey, Emmanuel Ogba, we can go to uh, overthecap.com. We see the price tag there, and we think you could be the guy to step on and uh, really play a big role for this team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I love that you say that we just go to over the cap and see, yeah, man, you're making that much money. We know exactly what you're making. We understand how all this money works. Get out there and make some plays. But it sounds like that's kind of what Agba, how he kind of feels, right? That he's been waiting for the, not an injury to happen, but just been waiting for his moment to be called on mm-hmm. and to go out there and make some plays. And again, we saw one and a half sacks. I think I looked up and I, I was hoping I was looking at the right game. I'm pretty sure it was the right game, but um, it looked like he only played 14 snaps. And if you're getting a one and a half sacks and you're limited reps, you know, um, I'm excited to see what he can do from, um, moving forward, because there were, again, I can remember very distinctly in my head, you know, us doing a podcast when we weren't sure if they were going to bring back Emilio Agba. And I think he was in a contract here, but he was playing out of his mind. And he did feel like one of those core pieces to this defense. So he can set the edge. He can rush the passer. I think um, he will be the perfect guy to fit in there. I, again, I wish it was Jalen Phillips. And then uh, you got to throw Andrew Van Ginkle's name out there, right? I mean, they utilize him in so many different ways. We know Vic Fangio loves him. So he's another guy that, um, you got to throw his name out there. So those two guys combined, I think, can, you know, lessen the sting that you take with losing to Jalen Phillips. And um, you just hope it doesn't 
Chubb and Bradley Chubb to be effective. You need Christian Wilkins, Zach Stiller to do their thing. But I won't be surprised if they bring someone in, some added piece on that defensive line, but it won't be uh, Derek Barnett, Willa Jake. Yeah, he was just signed off waivers by the Houston Texans as they fight. They're right in the wild card hunt, too. Emmanuel Ogba had back-to-back seasons with right around eight and a half, nine sacks. I'm real interested to see how this dynamic goes because we spent so long being a little frustrated. What is Vic Vangio's plan with this defense? Why is Andrew Van Ginkle playing linebacker instead of David Long Jr.? How does Andrew Van Ginkle's role really change here? Does Vic Vangio change what he's been kind of having these guys develop into for about two months or so or is it something along the lines of it's Emmanuel Agba and you just find a few more rotational pieces to fill in oh, man overall just super disappointing but uh hopefully we see him back out there next summer and just ready to go chase around Josh Allen and under the hard rock sun and uh that's all we can really ask for from him Tron Armstead he is listed as week to week with what Josh I think it's a quad injury yeah, I think indefinitely or whatever. Quad, I think it was a quad injury. Yeah, just another thing, right? So in this game, the Dolphins had to do a lot of shuffling. Teron Armstead went out. Austin Jackson was ejected from the game. Uh, overall, man, I think they did a pretty good job. What were your thoughts on the fact that Keon Smith was the first tackle to come into the game? He replaced Teron Armstead at left tackle. And then it was Kendall Lamb who replaced Smith at left tackle when Smith had to go to right tackle to replace Austin Jackson. I think I did that right. I'm pretty sure. I, I hope you did. Do not ask me. We can ask Jeeves <laughs> when we get off here. We can t- try to figure that out. I mean, I again, you you mentioned it. Against a very good defensive line, I think they held up pretty well, and I, I just don't know. Does Butch Berry have some kind of magic like drink like you know remember space jam when they went well i guess that wasn't really a magic drink but uh bugs and jordan act like they had that magic juice or whatever i mean these guys are playing out of their mind regardless of who it is but it was a little surprising to see smith being that first guy out there i mean maybe they were trying to protect lamb in case you know case of emergency if teron armstead were to go down like he eventually did so um we'll see what patchwork they put together but we mentioned liam eichenberg we already apologized to him connor williams is playing great we hope to get robert hunt back soon i mean I think they'll be able to continue to piece this together. And um, shout out to um, Austin Jackson, right? He had the dog in him. He was probably thinking of all of us, all the years we talked crap and trolled him on Twitter when he was uh, going after uh, going after uh, the player when he got ejected there. I couldn't believe he got ejected there just for defending his teammate. That that was a little annoying. But man, like you're really starting to see this 2020 draft class be the leaders of the team. I mean, uh, you have Kirk Herbstreit going on. I think it was the McAfee show just talking about how two is the leader in the locker room. This is his team now. You have Austin Jackson just being a downright dog. Uh, Robert Hunt, also in that draft class, he suited up. He was uh, in pads for the game, but the Dolphins kind of looked at it a few weeks ago with Connor Williams, decided to play it slow. And, and Josh, I think the Dolphins have been playing it right with the injuries. I, you can't predict the future. You you cannot prevent injuries from happening. But I, I think they've really focused on what this team's going to look like in January as the work these guys back into action, and, and I respect that. Yeah, I respect it too. And, I mean, shame on you. You're talking about those that draft class, you know, balling out, trying to get paid. I mean, you left out no Igbenogany. I know he's not still here, but you, you left out. <laughs> <Rip>. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Kelvin I mean. Joseph just uh, signed with another team. So he signed with the Seahawks, I think. So so that link is still out there somewhere. Of course. But I'm okay with the way they, they protect their players and where they realize that the there's a bigger, you know, 
bigger things ahead, right? You don't have to go out there and play in some of these next few games. Let's get healthy and um, have you back for that playoff push. Um, I am a little bit surprised, Jake. I have to throw this out there. He'll have 1,300. He's eclipsed 1,300 yards, and he had six-plus receptions, 60-plus yards in six consecutive games. He needs two more 100-yard games to break Mark Duper's single-season record. So all the Dolphins are doing right now this year is breaking records, and um, you love to see it, right? Eight and three, baby. Woo. Hard knocks tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we got hard knocks. Well, or today. Be or t- yeah, look at, or today, look at yeah. you learning how to be a podcaster. Look at that. In real time, I saw the hamster go and realized, wait a second. There's I a hamster in there for sure. <laughs> Josh, now that we see them out of the bye, they've had back-to-back wins. Where are your expectations for this team? I asked Antoine about this, and uh, I'm just curious. Where would you be disappointed about how this season ended? Obviously, the second ends with a loss. We're going to be on here sad, and uh, football season's over. But, I mean, this has been a blast of a ride. This has been a super fun 12 weeks of the season so far, despite the injuries. Where does it need to end for you to consider it a success? Are, are we are we able to talk playoffs? Is that what you're saying? Am I allowed to... Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I see like a ninety high ninety percent chances to win the they, win. People keep posting. It's like ninety nine. It's like, and I'm like, dude, come on. Like, they're we're gonna be those that one percent feels just, so big. Oh my god, it really is there. That needs to hit a hundred. I'm. I mean, I think I want to see a playoff win. I think that's where I'm at. I mean, I, I guess if they were to lose a heartbreaker to the Chiefs, like, maybe we'd be okay with that if they don't win. You know, a, a divisional matchup or whatever it is, but. You know, at this rate, I want to see him win the AFC East and hopefully, you know, at least win one game in the playoffs and make some noise because we're talking about, man, we're talking about all these pieces they need to sign. We're talking about all these different things. I mean, this team isn't going to be the same, you know, for too long. And we need to strike while the iron's hot. And right now, you know, the offense is um, slowly starting to get back together and the defense is red hot. So I think once those two are, you know, competing and they're both, you know, uh, playing at their best, uh, the, the, the sky is truly the limit, Jake. What about you? Where, where are your, uh, What are your expectations? They gotta win the division, right? At this point, three game, three game lead or two and a half, whatever it is, they gotta win a division. Yeah, yeah, a thousand. I, I think I'm with you. I think I think this team's ready to win win a playoff game. I think last year was that. Let's get our toes wet, see how cold this water is. I guess it can get pretty cold in Buffalo. I think this team is ready to show that it's time to win a playoff game and. They need to have some home games, man. I think that is going to be such a huge key, too. You scared me when you mentioned the Chiefs because that would be such a fall from grace. That would have to be like the Chiefs being the two seed. Miami stumbles down to the seven. They'd be like losing out. Bills would be on fire, and I see you already just curling into a ball over there. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that's asking too much, and I kind of want to just like write that down. Just, yeah, win a playoff game. Just set the expectations there. Obviously, go ahead, Dolphins. Go ahead, McDaniel. Win a Super Bowl. I don't care. Prove me wrong. Yeah, win a Super Bowl. I'm my my uh, the the hamsters were not spinning when I said the Chiefs. I wasn't even trying to decide on how that was going to happen. I did see that you mentioned um you tweeted something right the Dolphins being the four seed right now or something playing the uh, fifth seed the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, oh man, wouldn't that be nice? Kenny, yeah, beat the heck out of Kenny Pickett and that Steelers team for sure. That'd be revenge. Hasn't each of Miami two of the three of last of Miami's playoff games have been the Pittsburgh, hasn't it? 2008 I believe so. and then and I remember then I remember one of them yeah yeah they've knocked Matt Moore out or at least for a little And then bit, the right? before the one before that was Pat White I think I think they... Oh man too soon What a uh. All right things are changing this year you play at home everything feels totally different